Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to another cast at the Inner Revolution. Wanted to share with you some thoughts that have been on my mind in regards to agitation. And we're in such an agitated world, an antagonistic uh, situation where many are short-wicked and ready to uh, just pounce on you with any controversial idea that's not their own. As believers, we have a different type of spirit. We have a spirit that's motivated in love. We have a conviction that's settled in truth. We have a grace that's sourced in the limitlessness of God. So today our agitation, or to be an agitator, is very different than the reaction of the soul. You know, I was reading something interesting about the birth of a pearl online. It says, if a grain of sand enters the oyster's shell, he loses his life of comfort in order to protect himself from irritation. The oyster will begin covering the sand with layers of narke. Layer upon layer covers the grain of sand until the pearl is formed. And when an oyster is bothered by a grain of sand, it creates a pearl. This is such an interesting uh, illustration because, you know, pearls are very valuable. They're very beautiful. Uh, we, we see women wearing them around their neck or on, on a ring. And the great issue that we can say is this pearl came from irritation or an agitation where where that oyster uh, had to respond to the irritation or agitation that it was experiencing. As believers, we need to be agitators. And, and what I mean by that is we need to be like Stephen to speak the truth in love in Acts chapter 7 to uh, not just roll over, because if we roll over, we'll eventually be run over. So as, as we speak with lots of Christians, and maybe yourself, you're thinking, where is it that, that I can push back? What is it that I can do? You know, don't focus on what you can't do, focus on what you can do. Well, Hebrews 10, 23 through 24 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Well, rolling over means we just swallow the lie and uh, think that we, you know, we're just one person. There's not much we can do. You know, we'll just kind of go with the herd mentality. No, no, no. To be to roll over means eventually we'll be run over. We'll be canceled and rendered insignificant. Insignificant. Well, when we consider the, our faith, our faith is a non-negotiable. It's something that's not neutral. It is something that is either in one place or the other. Our true faith in the Bible is founded in absolute truth. So when you and I are operating in faith, we are operating in an absolute premise. So when we think about being an agitator... Uh, we are not being combative or trying to pick a fight in any way, but it is controversial, which means not everyone's going to believe 
what you believe. And that's obvious. We've seen that since the beginning of time. I mean, Satan is a great agitator. He is very agitated that you and I are living out our faith. He's very agitated that, you know, our life mocks him because he is ultimately defeated. So as Christians, really, we are agitating or provoking or spurring one another on so that we challenge people's thinking. We challenge people's complacency. We challenge people's idea of truth. So we believe and speak more than what the majority believes and speaks. So, you know, in soul winning or evangelizing, we may see people uh, with a common thought. And when you start, we were talking with some Muslims in Atlanta, and when you started to pick apart their argument and, and in a dialogue, in a kind way, you could you could just see that there was really no depth to their argument. It was just a shell. And at the end of the conversation, the, the man said to us, thank you, I needed to hear what you had to say today. What was that? That was an agitation so that man could think and consider that what he was believing in uh, was not worth believing in or had no eternal benefit. An agitator is a nonconformist that has a big picture uh, realism in his life. They're looking at the big picture and they're saying uh, homosexuality is wrong or liberalism is wrong or um, the creative, the CRT, uh, it's wrong. Why? Because it attacks the the not only uh, the values, the not only conservative values, but biblical values and the right of the individual. But it's something that goes against God. Uh, an agitator lives loud their faith. They are not afraid or ashamed, but to uh, just communicate in love and demonstrate. They do what they say and they say what they do. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So again, we're living out our faith, serving. But but listen, if you cut us, we will bleed the Bible. So to think that a Christian is like a wallflower, or to think that they're a welcome mat, or to think that they can be shoved over in the corner and told to shut up and be quiet, that is, that is not where, what we saw Jesus do. Jesus uh, addressed the heart. He addressed the spirit. He was bold. He was meek, but he was definitive. He was absolutely a, uh, a man of conviction, and he lifted up the will and way of the Father. So even hanging on that cross, he was an agitator. Mercy agitates, grace agitates, reconciliation agitates. What does it agitate? It causes people to not just be uh, in, a, in a stupor where they're just living uh, without thinking, but maybe in our merciful actions, someone might say, why is that person being merciful? They deserve to react. They deserve to be uh, to defend themselves, but instead they're giving mercy. That's the kind of agitation we're talking about. Okay, that's the heart agitation. Certainly, we can ad- agitate our people's emotions. We can be combative and even violent, but that won't have a lasting change. You know, Jesus um, 
you know, Jesus said to his disciples, uh, you know, when he was, you know, there at Gethsemane and his disciples wanted to defend him and Peter even cut off the ear of one of the soldiers and Jesus was saying, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. This is not the way I want you to defend me. To defend me is to believe in me and to demonstrate your faith. And there he did the action of healing that soldier's ear. And imagine the impact and agitation of that soldier from that day on, thinking that here's a man that was uh, deemed a revolutionist, someone a danger to society, uh, uh, a heretic, all these things that maybe his superiors were feeding him, but but look what happened. His demonstration was he let them take him, he addressed his disciples not to defend him, and then he healed his enemy's ear. These are great agitations. And when we think about religious freedom, our religious freedoms must be defended, but how are they defended? Well, yes, we demonstrate with an individual faith but also we are um, educating the next generation. We're educating the, first, the, the person in front of us. We're educating um, the, the people in our lives that have believed uh, the lie, believed that our country was founded for economical gain, for economical gain that, that, um, that really the people in our history are worth canceling. Uh, that is so... That is so uh, so grieving to see how we saw monuments pulled and uh, you know just disgrace to uh, you know historic you know our historical heroes. Now, not everyone was perfect, and yes, there were mistakes made. But to think that we knew everything that was going on in that person's life uh, would be absurd because we knew what they stood for. We they were the foundation of our of our uh, society. Can things be improved? Absolutely. But our foundations were found, founded in the Bible. So a lot of these men and women were believers. So you have this demonic men, mob mentality that wants to um, corrupt and secularize their witness. And as, as freedom fighters, if we could say, or defenders of freedom, uh, we want to educate and clearly communicate uh, the purposes of God. That's the only way our nation will survive, is if we clearly communicate and educate and demonstrate, communicate, educate, and demonstrate our faith. Okay. Yes, politics and being a leader in, in government is a great way to serve the Lord, uh, but being political, we often can lose our spiritual influence. There's a difference. There is such a difference. We vote our values but we don't become divisive. Listen, if people want to, they want to believe in a communist and Marxist rule, and, um, and we can see the end of those, that's why this, is, this season is so ridiculous, because you can see the end of what communism is. You can see what the end of a Marxist lifestyle is, and a socialist lifestyle. I mean, there are two types of socialism. It's the ones that we see overseas, uh, you know, in, in Scandinavia, or the socialism that we see down in Cuba and Venezuela and, and South America. And really the socialism that we're experiencing in our country right now more reflects the socialism that was in Venezuela. Dictatorship, uh, totalitarianism, and of course, um, you know, big government 
that people sacrifice their liberties for their securities. <laughs> you know, uh, thinking about agitation, thinking about um, the pearl, we want to we be meek, but we also want to be relentless. You know, again, I want to repeat this. We're not, we're not calling people to be combative, but stand when it's time to stand. Speak when it's time to speak. Uh, demonstrate when it's time to demonstrate. The worst thing is, is when we say something and then we're challenged on it and we cower backwards. No, not to shrink back in these days. Um, you know, Jesus was an agitator. He was always going against the grain, causing people to think uh, and to address the heart issue, not status quo. He was initiating his father's heart. People were offended. Few responded. But many, or the few that did respond, found their true purpose. I mean, think about Peter. Think about Matthew. Think about these disciples, uh, John, that were, um, they left everything. They were provoked to another lifestyle. They were provoked to another type of thinking. They were provoked by the truth. And the truth set them free from themselves and from all that um, all that uh, natural society was projecting at them. I mean, look at missionaries in our day and age, and uh, in, in our past years, uh, you know, the trend of having a comfortable life and having money and having a good job and having stability, those things are excellent, not, not at all, uh, you know, saying that those things are wrong in any way. But missionaries in history, I think of William Borden, he was provoked not just to accept his his family's inheritance, but he was provoked by a meeting where um, he got a he got a, a vision and a and a desire to do uh, missions in Africa. He goes a short story here. He goes by faith, dies on the way in Egypt by spiral meningitis, and in the and in the newspaper it it sends out this woe of a waste of a man with all this great uh, potential and, and inheritance, and he wastes it on missions. And you know what happened? William Borden and his death provoked a hundred men to take his place. That was really the start of uh, missions in Africa in a real way, the, the, uh, the interior missions in Africa. So what are we saying today? I want to be an agitator that provokes people to faith. I want to be an agitator that provokes people to reconciliation. I want to be an agitator that provokes people to, to live outside the natural norm and to say, hey, listen, um, there's a way to live that demonstrates something eternal, or there's a way to live just to have a natural, comfortable life. Well, many people in our in our history, like William Wilberforce and Martin Luther King, Patrick Henry, many people in our history that were agitators, that relentlessly stood when it mattered. And nobody's really, but they stood when they were supposed to, and they spoke when they were supposed to, and they didn't back off. They didn't shrink back in Proverbs 24.10. So let's, let's provoke people today, and we provoke people by communicating, demonstrating, uh, the purposes of God. This is a, you know, we've been taking some trips this summer all over the country here and just provoking people in missions, soul winning, in um, 
just studying their Bible. And this is where peace is, uh, is harvested when we uh, when the agitation of the world comes in, the agitation of the lie, and we surround it in the truth, we surround it and can, and cast it on the in, into the care of Christ. And what happens? There is a beautiful pearl made out of the agitation. There's a beautiful depth that is created out of the fear. There's a beautiful uh, understand, an understanding that's uh, understood through anxiety. <clears throat> and and really, maybe whatever's going on in your life, where does it take you? Where does it take you? Does it take you to the cross or does it take you uh, into darkness? Uh, the, this is what will, will be agitated unto good works and to love. And that what a contrast that is to the natural understanding of our world today. Uh, which is self-preservation and and uh, just just seeking just seeking itself just seeking itself. So my prayer is that this uh, this devotional today will uh, encourage you. Uh, let's be the right kind of agitator. Let's be the right kind of agitator uh, as we lift up Christ. Uh, there's no neutral place. And think of it this way, if we roll over, we'll eventually be run over. If we give up our liberties for our securities, we'll eventually be in bondage. Today, let's, let's be um, defenders of the truth, demonstrators of the truth, and communicating the truth. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.